Hello, hello. How are you Welcome doing tonight? This is the Vinny and John show. Awkward as usual, and we would not change it for the world. <laughs> this is our pre-election night special. We have a special day. Yeah, today. special. It's, it's, it's going to be very special, very special indeed. We have a friend joining us on the podcast tonight, and let's go ahead and let him introduce himself. Hello, guys. It is me, Victor Lepe, a.k.a. Medium Vic, I think is what it was at one point. <laughs> I like that nickname. Uh, but yes, I'm here. Brought all the good vibes. So let's do this. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. And I got to say, his voice is probably going to come through like butter. He is I mean, really. like, like, smooth and delicious. He's great. <laughs> that's, that's all I've ever wanted. That you guys are coming through beautifully, beautifully and on time. Oh, fantastic. On fantastic. Perfect. Yeah. All right. So pre-election night, we honestly thought about a, a hundred other things that we could talk about. Uh, I know on the regular, you know, I, maybe I'm exaggerating just slightly, maybe judging from uh, Vinny's face there. <laughs> but <laughs> we could think of nothing better to talk about than uh, some politics. Now, we're not going to go too deep into this because, look, we're, we want to look at every, every topic that we discuss on this show through the lens of the salvation of Jesus Christ. We want to look right. through every topic through the lens of the blood of Jesus and as citizens of the kingdom of heaven. So we're not going to look at this like you might think. We're, we're not going to come at this like CNN, CSNBC, MSNBC, any of the other, you know, Fox News, any of those guys. Uh, but we are going to talk about some political differences and how that affects our relationship with Christ and how we're supposed to let that affect our relationship with our brothers and sisters in Christ. So uh, before we go on, I want to say my political affiliation and I want you guys to share yours as well. And then you might get a better idea as for why we're doing this. So we're I am spend a long time on this part. We're just going to no. say it really quick. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> As to not inflame passions. Yeah. But uh, I am a moderate conservative. I'm definitely right leaning, but I'd say I'm more in the middle. I'm not a hardline kind of guy. Uh, I, I am somebody that truly believes that uh, in conservative values, but also that that compromise uh, uh, certain compromise and certain give and take and certain conversations need to take place with everyone involved in the political scheme if we want the country to be able to move forward together. Because if you're only catering to your base, then you're leaving out 50% of the country and you're going to tear everything in half that way. So that's just my personal opinion. I'm not some sort of pundit. I'm just a guy with opinions. So, uh, uh, Vinny, please share yours, and then we'll have Vic share his. Thank you, John. I am a classical liberal. I describe myself as a libertarian conservative. Vic. That was very to the point. Good job. Um, for myself, I mean, I definitely identify as like a Democrat, but I was actually thinking about this earlier, like how liberal, you know, the two tend to be together. Um, not very 
as liberal as you would think or as gets tied to like how Democrats are today. Not knocking that in any way, but just for myself personally, like I'm not, I'm definitely Democrat, but not that liberal, you know? Yeah. 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 Yep. So if you were to take the fact that all three of us have a different outlook in terms of politics, you would think, one would think that we would not be able to have a civil conversation or even be in the same room as each other without going at each other's throats. If you were to, you know, take the news's word for it, right? Like, <laughs> like I'm sure I'm not the only one you guys have seen the news and seen all the crazy, stupid stuff happening in our world right now, right? And and, and I know that for myself, it affects me in in in. Kind of, kind of a sickening way. Like I literally get recoiled by it where I hear so much of it and see so yeah. much of it. I get broke out. How about you guys? This is the most disgusting season that I've ever witnessed. Um, being a very avid observer of politics since the age of 12. Um, this is this political climate right now from both sides. It's uh, it's nasty, it's nasty. Yeah. Well, I saw uh, a TikTok video the other day of businesses in like big cities boarding up Yeah. from this past weekend, just completely boarding up, like getting fences, all this stuff around them because they know that there's going to be riots and looting. And that part is that's embarrassing. Like that's so really funny. embarrassing. This shouldn't be our reaction to a presidential election like that just shouldn't be the case people shouldn't have to fear for what they've worked for they should have to fear for their lives or you know stuff that they've probably invested all their money into and their livelihoods like it shouldn't be that it should be uh, a very respectful bow to the winner and be like okay let's let's see how this goes you know yeah so regardless of who wins tomorrow um our reactions should all be the same mm -hmm. love our neighbors be good citizens. Like all this violence from both sides, both in words, both in um, potential actions of violence, unacceptable. Unacceptable for Christians to endorse it or to be silent about it. Be good human beings. Do the same thing you would have done if your guy had won. What yep. Holy Spirit tells you to do. Yep. I completely agree. And, and you know, I see uh personally i see a lot of hypocrisy when it comes to this in the christian world now look i might i might ruffle some feathers here and i want everyone to know before we move further like i said i am not an expert but i have witnessed quite a bit of stuff uh on both sides of the political aisle because i have in my family and in my social uh network uh, through work and through friends and, and, and all sorts of things, cousins and whatnot, I have a, a very large swath of people that I know uh, uh, all across the political aisle. I literally have a, a cousin who who is a uh, an anarchist kind of mm. guy. I mean, he really is a very, very, very socialist, uh, anarchist type thinker. I love him to death. I don't want to yeah. talk about politics with him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Half of my family is... Uh... On one side and the other half is right. Kidding. Yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. Well, it's funny because you could totally tell the people who 
know what they're talking about and have passion behind it because they are actually educated and the ones who get their information from social media, right? Like they don't <laughs> want to do any other further digging aside oh, from yeah. like an Instagram post or a thing yeah. on Twitter about how this person or that person did this or that or whatever. Like there's no actual in-depth research. There's no education um, for themselves on what it is that they're actually being fed, you know? So they just formulate this opinion or go off of feelings um, which is like, it's, I feel, and this is just myself. Like I said, I feel like on both sides, it's embarrassing to say that if you're one or the other, right? Like I, yeah. sometimes I'm hesitant to be like, yeah, I, I'm a, um, a Democrat and I have liberal leanings because you, you, you hear that and you're Mexican. Oh man. <laughs> oh no. He's not a real Christian. <laughs> He's not a real Christian. <laughs> yeah, that's literally, that's literally it. And, and like, oh man, I wonder how far his mind goes. Like, you know, how, what does he think or, you know, about certain topics, especially really sensitive ones, people assume certain stuff. And um, that's not necessarily the case, right? So if you hear that, why not take a minute or two to understand the other person's perspective and why they feel that way? And can I say, Victor, Victor and I are good friends and I was driving in the car with him the other day and we played a game because we play games <laughs> the game was this part of the game was I would ask him you're king of the world what would you do what policy changes would you put in and then I, he asked me the same question after the thing was over we found out that we agreed on a lot more than we disagreed a mm-hmm. lot more and I think that's true of all Christians I think that's true of all Americans no two people we're going to have the same opinions on everything. But no matter yeah. what side of the political aisle you're on, you have more agreement than you have disagreement. That is not what the media says. That's not what social media says. But talk to people face-to-face. Talk to real people. And you'll find that out. You have a lot more in common. Than you think. Oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, I was reading a scripture right before we got started tonight in Acts 23. I don't have it sitting in front of me, but I read through it and I chuckled because what happened in Acts 23 is something that is is happening today on a macro scale, Hmm. on a macro. It's happening across the board. Now, in Acts 23, what it was is that Paul was in trouble. And he got drugged in front of a, a bunch of people who were accusing him and he was going to stand trial and he, he was he was in trouble. Right. And so what he did is he looked at his audience, which was Pharisees and Sadducees, and he knew the way to get out was to take the attention off of him and have them go at each other's throats. And so he said, hey, look. I'm being persecuted because I believe in resurrection from the dead and miracles and angels. The reason he said that is because the Pharisees believe in all that stuff and the Sadducees do not. Now, this is the chief difference between the two. But guess what, right? These The Pharisees and the Sadducees are in a council together. They, they spend a lot of time together. They make a lot of decisions together, but they have this one thing against them. Well, guess what happened? They blew up. They imploded. The whole thing fell apart to such an extent that the people that brought Paul there thought that he was going to get torn to pieces Mm -hmm. over this one thing. And they started yelling and shouting and arguing with each other. And the the guards were like, get the frick out of here. This is nuts. (laughs) These guys are going ballistic. Now, we every time we turn on our phones, 
every time we go on social media, every time we join a group that has a particular leaning left or right, every time we post a comment with some black and white statement that leaves no room for wiggle at all, it leaves no room for growth, it leaves no room for forgiveness, it leaves no room for grace, it's not seasoned with salt, as the Bible would say. You take a stance that you are right yeah. and the other is wrong, yeah. period. And it leaves no wiggle room at all. And so what you've done is reinforced the adversarial system that wants us all to be at each other's throats, set against each other, so that real growth, real change, real positive effect cannot take place. And gee, I wonder who's in charge of that. Probably not Jesus. Not the Lord. Yeah, opinions are like noses. Everybody's got one, but they usually have a couple of <laughs> That's so wise. So wise. So wise. <laughs> I tell you guys, I watched a, a documentary last night, and uh, I recommend you doing it. If you have Netflix, you can find it. It's called The Social Dilemma. The Social Dilemma. And what this is is former tech giant workers. These are people that used to work for big, big, big name companies in the tech world uh, from Google, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, um, TikTok. I mean, just all these different people from all these different places. And they no longer work in the tech field. And every single one of them had very similar messages for us. Don't let your kids get on, get on social media. And don't, don't think that Everything you're doing isn't being recorded because it is. They said that they have algorithms that literally calculate everything about you, how long you look at a picture, not just the picture, how long you look at it. Hmm. It looks at everything you've ever liked, everything you've ever clicked on, everything you've ever looked at completely. Now, all these in, all these algorithms work together. Facebook has algorithms. Google has algorithms. Snapchat, Twitter. All of them have all these algorithms working in the background for the purposes of learning everything about you, your entire psyche. And it creates a digital version of you that it, and it estimates what you like and dislike. And it estimates what you will enjoy. And it calculates what it can do to get your engagement and get you looking so that it can put more ads in front of you so that it can make more money. Mm. Yeah. John See, this Oh, yeah, please. You hit on a point. It's not about feeding you good information. It's about what you already like that will make them money. You are being lied to. You are being fed things that only affirm what you already believe on Facebook, on social media. Yeah. So that's why I personally, I'm not talking down to anybody. I'm just saying this is what I do. I'll follow Fox and I'll follow Vox. I'll follow Ben Shapiro, and I'll follow Ezra Klein. I'll follow both sides so that I can get perspectives from real people that have completely different views so that I can form an opinion to kind yeah. of circumvent the algorithm. Because if I, I know if I don't do that, I'm only going to get one type of, of news, and I don't want that. I want to see what the other side is saying so that I can, so that I can form a good argument or a well-rounded position on a topic. That's just for Absolutely. Me. Yeah. Well, and it's funny that John mentions that just because I kind of caught myself in something like that 
two like a week ago maybe um i was doing some online shopping for some clothes and i was just gonna get like one shirt right and then it suggested something else and i was like yeah i i want that you know and then it was like oh you might need this i was like dude you're totally right like i do need that shirt also so i ended up intentionally going for one thing but end up buying like five without even really realizing it, right but then that's that same concept is applied to politics and even just even like people who maybe don't know much about christ in general who they don't go to the word to learn about him they go to to social media they're gonna get fed all the stuff they're gonna be told oh hey you need to follow this way you need to go this way you need to think this way Mm -hmm. um and they're going to because they don't know otherwise, right? They don't know where to find, maybe go to the source. And so, like, the order had already been placed, so the damage was done. <laughs> but I, thinking about it a little bit later, I was like, wow, I totally fell for that trap. You know what I mean? And a lot of people do with this type of stuff. Like, they, and it, it's not even to their own, like, fault. They probably just don't know where to go for information. But there's so many outlets of, like, where to go to. But, unfortunately a lot of them only want to mislead to push certain ways you know what i mean so that's why like for myself Vinny, you're a great source of information because you actually do your own research and you actually dig into stuff so like even if i don't know 100 percent on something like i'll discuss it with you or even if i'm unsure about my own opinions on it like just discussing it and like that's why this is so important because I, it might help me either be more firm in my own belief or maybe even not sway in like a bad way, but just like maybe have me look at it differently to where I, the opinion I thought I once had, it's now being changed. Right. Because I have more knowledge on it. And so these discussions are super important. It just, you know, unfortunately not everybody has them or even has the right people to have them. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I well, and you touched on, yeah. Oh, (laughs) no, you go. sir. I appreciate you saying that Victor. Um, you're a rare breed, actually, actually open-minded, even though you do have strong opinions. Um, it's true. Victor's and I have really good, really good political conversations. And guess what? Yeah. We still friends. We still friends at the mm-hmm. end. We're still, we're still friends during. Um, and it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty awesome. There's a long list of reasons why I'll stop being his friend, but politics isn't one of them. So. <laughs> Just kidding. That'll, that'll never happen. Oh, boy. Well, I, and I tell you what, see, I, I think that's something that's severely lacking. And I think technology and social media plays a huge part in that. But uh, I also want to point to the fact that that the, the, the people that are using the social media to mislead, right, mm can be anyone, anyone that's willing to advertise. See, Facebook isn't inherently evil. Twitter isn't inherently evil. All these different platforms are not by themselves inherently evil. However, they are programs which are made for the purposes of making money. And they will accept money from anyone because they are designed to make money. That is it. And so anyone with an ax to grind and a couple hundred dollars can put an ad or an opinion in front of thousands of people and advertise it as the correct way. And they can say things like, if you are a Christian and you don't vote this way, then you're not a Christian. (laughs) 
this is just in our thing, but on this document, I keep going back to this documentary. You guys are really watching. It was talking about how this is being used in other countries to incite violence in other countries where there are literally thousands, thousands and thousands of people being killed or chased away from their homes or taunted or tormented simply because they are different than the advertising party says. And we are seeing it to an extent here because you have people that if you're a Democrat and you are asked, hey, you know, would you have a Republican friend? They would answer something like, absolutely not. No, never. Facts. (laughs) (laughs) ever never at all uh and so i really i think that people uh if you if you take anything away from this episode take away the fact that you need to freaking breathe first off calm yourself and realize that your fellow americans are not your enemy right we have but our our fellow americans are not our enemies, right? These are the people that are our mission field. Yeah. These people are the ones that we're supposed to show the love of God to. Hey, John. And I heard, yeah. Just to add to that, I heard a quote someone say, if everyone you know loves Jesus, you don't know enough people. Same is true in politics. Yeah. If everyone you know votes the way you vote, you don't know enough people. Well, and that's what where I kind of feel lucky because most of who I know does not <laughs> believe the same way I do um, politically, except for like, I mean, a lot of my friends from college, right? Like they kind of do. Um, a lot of them aren't even really involved. So they'll identify as like Democrat or liberal or whatever, but they don't know what that means or they don't, they're not involved enough to really have a strong opinion, you know? And then most of everyone else I know who does have those strong opinions lean differently but i think that's a good thing because even just from the last election to now like i mean i'm gonna be honest i was one of those people the first time around with donald trump i'm like no no (laughs) nope like i can't believe this and i'm gonna leave the rest of the opinions out of this podcast but i was not a fan at all but like where i see myself having grown in that is like even if even if i you know lean one way I respect that he's our president Mm -hmm. and acknowledge that he does deserve the respect of the president of the United States. He deserves that respect. Like regardless, he is doing a crazy big job. Like, and and I'll give it to him. I'll say this. I can't believe it, but he kind of does it effortlessly. Like it just to him, he's just like, yeah, I'm going to do this, this and that. You know what I mean? Like he, he'll do these, these speeches and be like, yeah, we're doing this, this and that, whatever. Um, and then he doesn't care what people think in that sense. And when it comes to his policies, when it comes to stuff he's trying to enact, I really respect that because he sees what's good for America. He's all about Amer- the American people and he doesn't care what people feel about his policies and what he wants to enact because I feel like he has a good sense that it's good for people. So that I really respect can I, because to be able to. Yeah. And this is coming from someone yes. who doesn't support him. Victor is saying this. Yeah, I do. He respects him, but he, he's not on board. And for you to go out of your way to say that shows that you are a very um, nuanced individual. Hey. Hey, and, and can I say also, I, I was one of those who was a never Trumper in 2015. 
So if anyone can remember the Republican National Convention or the, the Republican debates prior to Donald Trump winning the nomination, I literally went back in my Facebook memories and saw me posting things, memes that said, anyone but Trump. <laughs> I was like, anyone but – give me Rubio. Give, give me any of those other guys. Like, I'll take anyone, just not him. Jeb. And then he won it. <laughs> I'd eat my words. Yeah. It was – Oh, because I was like, man, the fun yeah, yeah. I was like, not vote for this guy because I'm pretty much I'm I'm of the belief of of uh, for myself, I should vote the party line because there there is not enough in my viewpoint. There is not enough of folks like Victor here on the opposite side willing to have uh, debate. Mm-hmm and healthy conversation for the mutual benefit and edification of the American people. There's, there's just, there's not, you see a lot of mudslinging and, and look, I, I'm 37 years old. I don't know what politics was like over the past hundred years in its entirety, but I know that from my childhood to now, there seems to be a great increase in the amount of vitriol and, and mud slung at the opposing side and non-productive conversation would you guys agree yes it's embarrassing and it's sloppy we need to get it together all right that's what i tell my team at work all the time if they're messing up all right guys we need to get it together and we do as a society it's so embarrassing i feel like it'd be embarrassing to say either way who you like you lean because both sides just it's like we're just a bunch of children you know what i mean and it's yeah it's not it's not how I thought being like a young adult and voting and, you know, all this stuff would go because watching like, you know, I, th- I think we were like seven when George Bush won the first time uh, junior. Um, and I remember watching, watching him and like dealing with nine 11 or all that stuff and thinking like, or and just seeing even as a kid, like there was so much unity in the country, regardless of who the president was, like regardless of where they leaned, it just felt like there was still so much unity and support. Like, okay, hey, the job is your now, yours now. Like, don't mess this up. You're in charge of the whole country. Like, how can we support you? But it's not that way anymore. Um, so it's yeah, it's it's very rough. And I get it. Like I was thinking about it earlier, like something. Actually, actually, I think you both have mentioned before, I probably a lot of people have, but um, about how like prophets and teachers, right? Like there needs to be that balance and there needs to be that um, cohesive relationship amongst the two because you can't just act out of feelings all the time, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you know, as, as prophets, like you get, you get words, you get emotions, you get things that like maybe are really daunting and overwhelming. And so a teacher can come in and help you be like, Hey, it says here, you know, about that exact thing to help to bring better clarification or whatever. Um, And that's super important. And the same thing can apply to politics. Like you need Republicans tend to be more like, okay, this is how it is on paper. Like it's going to work this way. And Democrats, liberals tend to be more like, okay, but like this is affecting us. This is how we feel about Mm -hmm. it. There needs to be that cohesion relationship and that whole thing has just completely fallen apart but the two parties were meant to work together yes right it's meant to be okay let's find the middle ground with each other instead of hey i don't like that we about to throw hands you know like that's not how it's supposed to go yeah, checks and balances checks and balances the pendulum's supposed to swing and end up somewhere in the middle it's supposed to hmm Hey, Pastor Vinny, you know a lot about the founding of the country and a lot of the founders, correct? A little bit. 
A little bit. Okay. Well, what do you know about the the uh, compromise that occurred between our founding fathers, whereas to the the uh, the uh, uh, capital of the nation moved from New York City to Washington D.C. About that. Do you know about that compromise? I do not. So that occurred. I actually learned this. I know. The, all right. Look. Don't make fun of me. Don't make fun of me. All right. <laughs> But I, I learned this from the musical Hamilton. Okay. Hey, that was good. I'm going on record. That was good. <laughs> the room where it happens. The room where it happens. Like, like. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. So, so there was a bunch of our founding fathers who bickered with each other and they could not make a decision and none of them wanted to budge until they decided, hey, wait a minute. Let's leverage something that they want with something that we want. And they had to make a compromise. And so they moved the nation's capital from New York City to Washington, D.C., so that it would be closer to the southern states, which is something that they wanted. They hated having to travel back and forth, which, look, you're riding a horse and buggy. I don't, I don't blame them, right? Mm -hmm. they, they wanted it to be more centrally located. Okay. So they did that. And in return, Alexander Hamilton got what it was that he was looking for. He wanted votes to pass some, some new laws and resolutions. And so this is something that, that is, is, critical to our nation's stability when you think okay i'm gonna i'm gonna pivot real quick here who likes peanut butter and jelly i like peanut butter i like both so when you look at a peanut in the shell and you look at a strawberry fruit and you look at them together they look nothing alike and they look like they don't belong together at all mm -hmm. at all mm -hmm. You got something with a husk and a shell, and then, you know, some people boil it or roast it, and then you got these couple of little nuts in there, and then you got this red fruit with some green crap growing out the top. But guess what? When you process them and you put them through the ringer and you add a little bit of sugar and salt, it makes a delicious sandwich. Right. But that doesn't happen instantly, right? Mm -hmm. I'm speaking your language, Vinny. I know peanut butter is one of your favorite things. You, you, you got me. I personally prefer puree, but I mean strawberry for the sake of the example will work. The bougie comes out a triple berry puree. I'm gonna call you triple berry puree from now on. Triple berry. Yeah. Hey. Triple berry puree. That's right. So this actually leads perfectly into some scriptures that I wanted to go over real briefly. Yeah. I'm not going to read excessively. I just have some notes that I wanted to share. Uh, if you guys want to write these down, you can go look at them for yourself. Please, anytime, anytime that we talk scripture, please write it down for yourself and go put your own two eyes on it. Do not take our word for it. Write it down. Take some notes. Look at it for yourself because I'm not your God. No. Okay. I'm a guy that loves the word and I love to share what the word teaches me and shows me. And you should get a hunger for the word as well. Mm. And if you are listening to us speak about a topic and we bring scriptures up, Hey, look at the word for yourself. And if you have an opposing viewpoint or something you think messed, uh, that we messed up, email us about it. Let us know, message us. 
the Vinny and John show at ZohoMail.com. Message us. Let us know what you think. We actually want dialogue and conversation with each other because it's through that. It's through that sharpening that we grow. So without further ado, I want you to look at John chapter 6 and verse 15. John chapter 6 and verse 15. Jesus knowing they intended to come make him king by force, withdrew to a mountain by himself. This happened right after Jesus did some miracles. And so Jesus goes and he feeds a bunch of people. They freak out. They think this guy is amazing. He's awesome. Let's make him king. And Jesus says, no, no. Like he knew that what they were going to try to do. Did he feed them anyway? Yes. Did he know what they were going to do? Yes. They didn't even have to say it. But they wanted to. And so he got the heck out of there. Now, I have a Q&A Bible. It has these awesome sidebars with these questions and answers about the scripture, which it'll ask and then answer. And I looked in the sidebar and it actually had a Q&A about this very scripture. Why did Jesus leave? And it said, because he came to establish the kingdom of God and anything else would distract him from this. He came for the kingdom of God to establish something that would span the entire cosmos. And they wanted to make him king over, over their little patch of dirt. They wanted to get him involved in politics. And he said, no, that's not what I'm here for. But so please tell me again, why it is that if you don't vote Republican, you don't love Jesus. Hey, I think you posted it first. Um, it's true. Jesus does not need your political affiliation. The kingdom is bigger than America. Oh, your word. Yeah. The kingdom of God is bigger oh, than one party and one nation on this planet. The kingdom of heaven is eternal, and it is your responsibility to be loyal to the kingdom first. Yes. Yeah, let me ask you a question. And I think we're all going to know the answer when I ask the question. Okay, so if only people who are Republican really believe in Jesus, if only conservatives actually love God, what about Christians from other countries? <laughs> what, what about Kenyan Christians? Yeah. They're Republican. <laughs> what, what about Chinese Christians? Ooh. What about Indian Christians? Ooh. What about Pakistan Christians? What about Russian Christians? What what about Irish Christians? What about Brazilian yeah. Christians? Right? How about Mexican Christians? Mm. Canadian Christians? How about them? Because none of them have the ability to be a Republican. Right. <laughs> I never thought of that. John. What about I never them? thought of that. <laughs> 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 right? Like, go out the therefore into all the world and preach the gospel. So what is it that we're preaching? Are we going to go into another nation, some impoverished place, waving the American flag and pushing our political ideology first? And, and, and make them think that, okay, well, this is what Jesus is. Jesus is American, and he's, uh, he's Republican, and he waves the flag, 
And uh, this is exactly, and if you believe this way, then you are a Christian. And if you don't, then you're not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Go directly to hell. Do not collect $200. Dang. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Right? Well, I'm doomed. <laughs> stew, stew on that for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> My sarcasm is flipping out. Um, but no, I, that's, I think that's the bit, like, that's a really good way to put it, especially like it gives such in like perspective as Christians, right? Like we make politics, we make this world that I feel the politics is a worldly thing. So we can't sit here and, and preach about, you know, coming against worldly things. If our, so much of our identity is in a worldly thing, you know what I mean? Like, why are we letting that be something that divides us as the body of Christ? Right. Why are we going to let that be something that makes us, you know, go against our brothers and sisters in certain ways and cause total division when that's not what it's supposed to be, right? We're not supposed to let that be our everything. Yeah, politics is a very real thing, right? We still are human beings. We still live in this world. So to have, you know, to be passionate about politics is incredible, but it's about how you go about it, right? Don't let those beliefs be your main beliefs or your number one beliefs that lead you in everything. It should just kind of be like a side a side belief, you know what I mean? To the, to the real thing. So um, I, cause I have encountered Christians that did not think that being democratic is the Christian way to go, you know, especially with this last election, I actually started hearing a lot of that when um, Obama was still in the white house um, about how he's not a real Christian. Ugh. I know, right. Freaking Obama. Um, <laughs> and just how, how like, oh, if you support him, if you lean this way, like you're going against the word of God. And I was like, well, I don't remember Obama being in there, like specifically, like that's not what this says. <laughs> um, and even now it's even more heightened about like oh, yeah. how, yeah, if you're a Democrat, like you're, hey, you're going somewhere not fun. <laughs> and bringing up Obama. Let, let's, let's bring up Obama for a second. Okay. I'm down. I don't want to talk about <laughs> specific. Uh, for those of you who cannot see, Vinny has a smile on his face right Very now. He's—I don't know if he's nervous or happy. Can I just say, if he was in the Bible, it would be the O Bible. Yes. Yeah. Oh. oh. Uh, <laughs> so, so the reason I bring this up is because we have a fervor right now in the American church. Uh, for the most part, not all of them, I'd say probably 75% of the American churches that I've seen support President Trump, and then 25% support, um, uh, I'm not even going to say Joe Biden, they just want to support the Democratic Party. And so they, they're saying vote blue. And I think, you know, they're, they're like, well, if this is what we've got, this is what we've got. <laughs> so vote blue. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Uh, but going back to Obama, see, um, I don't remember seeing a lot of Christians say you're supposed to respect your authority. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember a lot of Christians say, pray for your authorities, (laughs) pray for the president. I don't remember a lot of them. No, what I actually heard 90% of the time is. 
the Antichrist. He's gonna bring bong. He's gonna bring the uh, the end times. Oh my gosh! I hope he dies. Like he's gonna burn in hell. Like, and I picked up my phone and like shouted into it. So apologies if that hurts your eardrum. Um, <laughs> but that's all I heard. Yeah, that's all I heard. That's all I heard. And as a moderate conservative, I always had the viewpoint where I might not like the guy's policies, but he's the president of the United States. I don't have to like him as the president, but would I get a cup of coffee with the guy? Sure. Oh, yeah. Because I'm a Christian and I have Jesus in my heart. And maybe I can tell him about the blood of Jesus. And maybe he learned something from Holy Ghost. Like who, like, I'm not going to, that's not what I'm supposed to do. I've just never had that in my heart to do that. And look, have I failed in that aspect? Yeah, of course we all have, but all I've, all I I was talking about hypocrisy earlier. And this is one of the biggest areas of hypocrisy that I've seen is where you have with the election cycle, a fervor that is ignited in the American church where you get lit up and on fire for politics Mm -hmm. and you want to link politics with faith. Okay, what about prior to America? What about those Christians? What about the Christians from other countries? What about them? Why are you getting fired up about this? Am I? And, and here's here's the big the big um, difference here. I'm not saying not to get excited about politics. I am not saying don't vote your conscience. Absolutely do. Everyone should vote. You should vote. You should vote your conscience and still love your neighbor. Yeah. You should look at the opposing side and say, you might be different than me politically, and we might differ and have different viewpoints about a variety of topics, but you're still my fellow American. Mm -hmm. And on purpose, I'm not going to hate you. And can I speak to the, um, the point you said about Christians not honoring authority? Look, I'm not guiltless in that. I'm not without fault, but the Lord has really helped me. Like, if a president or a leader is not exactly your cup of chamomile, it doesn't mean he does not deserve honor. Mm. David honored a man in authority who was daily, actively trying to kill him. I don't think that Obama was trying to kill you. And I disagree with 97.3% of his policies. It's very specific. That doesn't mean you deserve my prayers or my respect. Yeah. Well, and for myself specifically, and I'm not going to go into too much detail, but as, you know, a Demi Democrat, uh, (laughs) just, I was, you know, I was, what were we, we, 2019 when Obama, like that election. So I was excited, one, just to be able to vote. I thought that was really cool. And to be able to support a president like Obama, who I very much respected his, his mannerisms, his way of speaking, just like the class that he carried his whole family, like really seemed just to represent what America is, right? Like just them at first glance, right? Them as a family and kind of what they represent. So like Mm -hmm. policies aside. um, So I, I was actually very much excited to be able to support somebody like that. I didn't agree with all of his policies. There are things that I did not support Mm -hmm. him doing um, at all, but I know that he did do, certain things that I did support, like I said, not, I'm going to get to specifics, but I was actually excited to be able to support him and be like, yeah, that's, you know, that's my president. And so it was a big test for me. The second, you know, the second election I could actually vote in with Donald Trump. Like, Oh, Oh boy, <laughs> this is, 
<laughs> this is this is this is our candidate. This is great. And not that it matters, but last election this time around, I really was not am not in support of either one. You know, not that that specific thing matters, but for myself, yeah. like I mentioned that only because I had this has been good opportunities for myself who wasn't in support of either candidate to look at just strictly what's on paper. And for me, who, you know, like low key prophetic, I am a feeler. So it's hard for me to put aside those feelings, but I had to do that this last time and this time. And I did it so much better this time just because I'm like, okay, let me see what's on paper. Right. And let me not put my feelings into anything or like maybe instant reactions or thoughts to certain things that are said or done, but just what would be for the best and kind of vote that way. Right. And it was, I mean, it was kind of cool just because it brought up, uh, up conversations with like my family who isn't that much into politics, but they actually really got to voting this year with this election. So it created that dialogue between us, which was awesome. And we kind of got yeah. to learn and, and grow with that together. So it was a good challenge for myself, you know, to not be like, Oh, well, you know, this and that about this president, but more so like, let me see, let me see what homeboy's up to. Let me see what he's doing. Right. Like, cause obviously he's not going to have support. He's not gonna have this much support for no reason, right? Like there is a reason he has that. Um, and so I'm just, my thought was like, let me see why. Let me check into it a little bit more um, and give him his credit. Bro, you are a rare breed, let me just say. But I will correct you, you're wrong on one thing. You are extremely professional. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Well, thank you. I was just out. Thank you, sir. Not, not a little bit, a lot Thank of you, it. sir. Hey, can I read some more scripture, sir? Please do. I want to read more scripture, if only because I want to show the heart of Jesus when it comes to peoples of differing opinions and backgrounds. I think that's important. For anyone that says that they love Jesus and they call themselves a child of God, I think that we need to look at the heart of God, and we need to look at Jesus, because Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And so looking at Jesus, who is the perfect culmination of what the Bible is and about what God thinks of us, we, how did he react to these scenarios? I think that's extremely important. And so I want to read a couple more scriptures. And look, this is by no means definitive. There is countless times in the Bible where Jesus interacts with people from different social backgrounds in a compassionate way that pissed off mm -hmm. the Jews. Yeah. That pissed off yeah. the Pharisees, that <laughs> severely angered the teachers of law because it was outside of what was expected of him as someone who, who was teaching uh, biblical truths. So uh, Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 through 13. I'm not even going to read the scripture. I'm just going to give you the scripture. And I want you to go look at it. Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 through 13. And then I want you to write down Luke chapter 7. Verses 1 through 10. These are scriptures about Roman centurions who had servants that were sick and dying. And Jesus was going to heal them. And they died before he got there. One of them did. And then the other one said, look, Jesus, I'm not even good enough for you to be in my house. I, like, I'm not, I'm not worthy of you to even be where I'm at. But just say the word, and my servant will be yeah. healed. 
And the reason is because he said, look, I'm a man under authority and I'm a man who has authority. And if you go and rest your eyes on these words, Jesus says, I've never seen this in all of Israel. I've never seen such great faith in all of Israel coming from a Roman centurion, a Roman. This is somebody who is in the Roman military, who is part of the occupying oppressive force. This somebody, yeah. Hashtag occupy Jerusalem. Yeah. <laughs> this is somebody who could kill a hundred Jews and not bat yeah. an eye. This is someone who, if they got an order from Caesar, to wipe them out, they would do it because they're a man under authority. They're a yeah. man under authority who has authority. And so if they were ordered to do something, they would do it in a second. And Jesus said, I've never seen such great faith. Your servant is healed. Hmm. Hmm. He was I an enemy. It. He was a Democrat. I mean, he was a, I mean, he was a Republican. I mean, he was a Roman. <laughs> No way, right? That didn't make no sense. All right. And then we go to uh, Mark chapter 15. Mark chapter 15, verses 37 through 39. This details a Roman centurion whom, when he saw how Jesus died, got saved. Mm. How did he get saved? He acknowledged that Jesus was the Son of God, which according to 1 John chapter 4, verse 15, means he has God living inside of him. Why? Boom. Because he saw Jesus die, and the way he died, and what happened, and said, surely he was the Son of God. Yeah. So according to yeah. Scripture, that dude was saved. And then let's go to Acts chapter 10. And there's a Roman officer named Cornelius who God greatly for his kingdom. He sent this dude an angel and gave him a vision of what would happen. And, and a bunch of the apostles uh, uh, ended up staying at his house. And, and he fell down at their feet and worshipped. Like, like this dude was, was crazy awesome to God. And he used a model. But wait a minute. He was a Roman officer. He was an enemy of the people. Mm -hmm. Right, He represented a political system that was different from theirs. But what did God do through them? What did God do through them? Political party doesn't define someone's relationship with God. Period. Okay. Now, That's right. Again, you go your turn. No, say that again. I, I want to hear that again for the people in the back. Hey. <laughs> Political party doesn't define someone's relationship with God. You freaking teachers. <laughs> Think about it. Think about it. And there's countless others that me and Vinny were talking about earlier. The woman at the well. The good Samaritan. Yeah. <laughs> Like the, like the Samaritans were, they weren't just politically different than the Jews. It, it was as far apart as a Christian and a Muslim. It would be like one of us being on the side of the road, being doctored back to health, being put up at Holiday Inn, being paid for, being fed, being clothed, 
by a Muslim. Like it was verboten. Like the Jews didn't even talk to them. It was higher than that. It was like for for God, Jesus is God. For God to use a Samaritan as an example of someone who would come to your aid. That 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 was religiously spicy back in the day. That was spicy. That was deeper divide than Republican Democrat. That was deeper divide than Christian Protestant Mormon, Protestant Catholic. That was as deep a divide as he could have picked. Like they wouldn't even talk to each other. They wouldn't they would ne- they wouldn't even associate at the same watering holes. Like that's how divided it was back then. And Jesus showed compassion and love through one example. Yeah. That should be on a t-shirt. <laughs> what that last thing John said. I'm telling you, man. Yeah. And here's what people will do when they hear this. And this is the part that makes me sad. And we all know this. We all know what's going to happen. People are going to hear this and they're going to say, oh, but, 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 but wait, what about their opinion on this topic? And they'll throw out something that's contentious and something that's debatable and something that is is going to inflame people's passions. Often they'll talk about uh, abortion, right? Often they'll talk about immigration. Often they'll talk about um, health insurance. They'll bring up these key topics. But I want people to stop and recognize the spirit behind that. Look, I'm not telling you to not be passionate about those things. I'm telling you that those things can become an idol. Things can become an idol. I'm telling you that those things can become something that you worship instead of God. Because what is God? God is love. And are there going to be differences? Yes. Are we perfect? No. Is God perfect? Yes. But he loves us first anyway. While we were yet sinners, he loved us. Right? So how much more now? Are we saved? How much more now are we loved now that we've been washed and cleansed and born again? What happened in that Acts 23 uh, verse where he brought up the differences between the Pharisees and the Sadducees? They cut each other to pieces. They blew up and tore each other apart. That's what's happening today in our political discourse. Because all we want to focus on is the differences and not the things that bring us together. All we want to focus on. Can I add a picture? Please, please. To that exact point. Uh, James 4, 11. Don't speak evil against each other, dear brothers and sisters. If you criticize and judge each other, based on political affiliation, then you are criticizing and judging God's law. But your job is to obey the law. Not judge whether it applies to you. Do what God has called you to do. Vote the way you feel you're supposed to vote, even if it's completely different with the Christian next to you. And if your guy loses or your guy wins, love your neighbor. Don't make politics an idol. Listen, like I said before, I'm guilty of this. I've 60 to 70% of my social media intake is political. 
Office can be an idol, but I can't let it affect I can't affect the way I treat my neighbor who believes differently from me on politics. So well, that's my to, hope for this election. I, I hope it goes that way. I hope people live by that. But, you know, all we can do is pray. That's true. That's true. But to that also, like, you know, you're obviously very involved to keep yourself educated. Right. You know, but and when you had asked, like, what do you do if your person loses? What do you do when you're so passionate about certain things that like it becomes all you think about? Um there's a lot of hot button topics that cause that sort of reaction, right? Some that are close to home for people, some that um, maybe they know somebody that's dealt with something who, you know, needed this service or whatever uh, to, to get through life or there's something that they put so much of their own life into. Like how do you react when somebody opposes that or tells you that like you're wrong? It's that can be hard because your flesh just wants to react and be like, well, you don't know how that's affected me right? You don't know how I have had to deal with this or how my loved one had to deal with this. But I think um, the only way that I was able to get past certain stuff is just literally just talking about it, you know what I mean? And finding the right people to discuss stuff with. Um, and that makes the biggest difference. Even like biblically, I up until just, you know, I mean, maybe like a couple years ago, I didn't really know that much about the Bible. Like, to be honest, you know, I definitely can't be like, oh, and John, that, like I can't, I wasn't able to do that. Not that I really am now, but like having people like you guys around to help teach these things and like kind of how to get into the word, like that's what's so important. And I think people want to have the results of getting, uh, having a close relationship with God and like putting yourself in, in, um, I, you know, like a church family, I guess, just for lack of better words, they want the end result, but they don't want to do the work that it takes to get there. Right. And so whenever you have done that and you see how far God's brought you and how far he's, I guess just changed your perception and your mindset on stuff. Like it almost becomes like low key addicting. You want to keep doing it, right? You want to keep mm. growing, <laughs> but even politically people don't want to do that. They don't want to like hear somebody out who says, you know, Oh, I feel this about this topic. Well, I feel this about this topic. And for me, I'm like, I don't care. You know, like most of my feed is like hood memes and videos and stuff. So <laughs> it's like not political at all. You know what? You just said something right here. Mm -hmm. And I think this is exactly right. He said that, uh, that people want the benefit without doing the work. This is called virtue signaling. (laughs) (laughs) This is called virtue signaling. This is when somebody wants to pretend that they actually care about a cause by putting a bumper sticker on their car. <laughs> Can I just add one thing real quick? That virtue signaling, um, that is the one sin that will send you directly to hell. <laughs> Got it. Got it. In the Bible. Right? It, it yeah. is, it is a, a cop-out, and it is sneaky and pervasive because you can take someone with a virtual signaling mentality that pos- puts bumper sticker on their cars and goes and, and, you know, holds a fist up or they go and wave a flag and they go and uh, wear a cross around their neck or they, they go and they do a thing. They do a thing that they think somehow purchases righteousness 
in whatever political or social schema that they're trying to purchase righteousness in. They're trying to garner favor from a group by doing a thing, wearing a T-shirt, waving a flag, posting a sign, and, and they think somehow that makes them a part of that group like they've actually done the work. Like, no, honey boo boo, sorry. Sorry, it doesn't. Like, you have... Ooh, this could send me. This could send me sideways. So many different ways. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> I'm scared. Oh, I'm trying to refrain because there's certain. There's certain. We're trying to be unifying with this message. <laughs> no, no, if it's your Holy Spirit is sending you, I I apologize for egging you on. Don't. No, no, no. <laughs> It's, it's just that when I get on a roll like that, it's hard for me to stop and pivot. And I, I want to make sure that we are able to, <laughs> I want to make sure that we are able to uh, continue along this track because the bottom line is the only way that we can really be a Christian, the only way that we can really love each other, the only way that God can can uh, uh, or that we can actually be on God's side, uh, the only way that we can actually do what God says, is if first off we believe what He says, and if we put the work in, and if we actually do, and we actually believe, and we actually go through, and we actually change ourselves to line up with what He says, and not shoehorn an action into our lives and believe that we've accomplished it. Like, no, go read first Corinthians 13. If you think you can just do a bunch of bull crap and somehow win favor from God, like, no, it doesn't work that way. You need to actually believe it in your heart. You need to actually believe it in your heart before it actually produces any sort of fruit. You can't just go jump through a bunch of freaking hoops and slap a bumper sticker on it and attach a flag to your freaking car antenna and think that you've done something fantastic. Like, am I knocking those things? No, but I'm telling you that the content of your heart and the content of your character and what it is that you actually believe and what it is that you actually let God transform in you is more important than any of those, those things that you tack into your life because none of those things are permanent. None of those things are eternal. Those are temporary, temporary things. Yeah. I'm going to take a breather now because I'm, 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 I'm going to breathe and y'all go for a second. Yeah. Calm down. Um, no, I, I mean, I like the passion behind it. That's why these conversations are important. You know, um, you're wrong in most of that. No, I'm just um, but my, my favorite is the, the Bible verse in the Instagram bio again, like John said, not knocking it. Actually I am. Only for those people who have it in there, but don't know what the verse is, because that's, a, you know, like to your point, like you can't just throw that on there and be like, I think I just made my way into heaven. Yeah. No, that's not <laughs> like there's and I feel like the way you know that you're actually changing and you're actually growing is that most of the time you don't know you're changing right until the end result. Like you don't see how God is transforming you because it's painful right? There's changes that need to be made to your life. There's stuff that has to be done. You know, he might want you to be immersed in like this person's life, someone who you may like despise with every fiber of your being. But once you start to do that, you see how he is changing your heart. He's changing that relationship. He's dropping like all of these things that have you tethered to this world. And then once that hard part is done, you see the growth. It's not something you see every day. You just wake up and you're like, oh, I'm so much better than yesterday because I did 
this or I like the God posts on, on Twitter. Like that's not, which cannot happen unless you're open and willing to receive the change. Facts. It can't happen unless you're willing to listen to an opposing viewpoint. Because let me tell you something. The word of God goes against our flesh. What God says, our flesh recoils from. And so unless we're willing to receive a opposing viewpoint, we'll never be able to complete the transformation. We'll never be able to complete the metanoia that God has intended for us and walk in the things that he wants us to walk in unless we're willing to receive a, a viewpoint outside of ourselves that goes against what we feel. Because <laughs> talk, to, talk to Paul in Romans 7 when you want to talk about opposing viewpoints. Because the things that he knows he's supposed to do, he doesn't do. Gee, I wonder why. Maybe because his flesh doesn't want to do it. Well, maybe maybe that Democrat that you know has a viewpoint that God wants you to receive, but you're not willing to because they wear a blue shirt and you wear a red shirt. Oh, it makes me mad. He's talking about me. <laughs> I'll talk with you. Ugh. Mm-hmm. If, if everything in your feed only affirms what you already believe, you need to diversify. If every person you talk to only affirms what you already believe, whether that's politically or doctrinally or for anything important, it is important for a human being, not just a Christian, but for a human being to hear opposing viewpoints Mm -hmm. in a civil calm rational conversation otherwise we're not going to grow as people we're not going to grow we're not going to get any more input we're not going to work like i had a friend who's actually running for um i think he's running for city council or assemblyman locally and he's like i need input I need input. Like human beings are not made to be fed the same diet. Like I can't live off just peanut butter. I know that sounds extreme, but <laughs> yeah, we're so brave. For what I want to eat. Yeah, re- regardless of what I want to eat all day long, I can't just live off peanut butter. I need other things in my diet to diversify. And it doesn't mean we're going to agree on anything, but hearing someone else's viewpoints makes you a healthier person. And it just gives you so much more respect for that person in like a different way, you know, like to see that they actually have taken the time to like educate themselves and they formulated this opinion. They have that opinion because they know what they believe and they know that, I've done the research, so this is why I feel this way. Like, that's when it's the best part because you don't have someone who's just like, oh, well, I saw this headline of a newspaper article that I didn't go into, but the headline said this, and I just Mm -hmm. don't agree with that, so I want to just feel this way. It's like, okay, that's dope. Like, yeah, I get it, but use that headline. If the headline's drawing you in, read what's in it. Like, find the content of what it's trying to tell you to actually educate yourself and i mean same with same with reading the bible right like if if you have a new believer there's actually this girl on tiktok i don't know her but she has stated very clearly that she's a non-believer but she wants to read the bible 
And so she's actually documenting me on TikTok. Every day, she'll like either do a verse at a time or a whole chapter, and then she'll give her take on it. Um, and she, you can kind of see the transformation in her already because she's like so captured by what the word says. And you could tell in it, she's starting to believe it's she's still early on, but I could just, I could see the change in her heart posture already. Like I can see how she has opened up herself to receiving God. Even if she doesn't quite see it, she's put herself in that place where she's diving into the word, right? She's looking up what these things mean. She's praying for clarification, like stuff that she's completely unfamiliar with and kind of alone in, but she's making herself like available to be changed by God. And that's the biggest thing, right? You have to be open to that. You have to put yourself in that. And um, I just think that that's awesome because not many people want to do, do that or do the hard work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's hard work to, I mean, it's hard to challenge intentionally challenge what you already believe and expose yourself. Like yeah. it, it can, it can, it can expose vulnerabilities. Um, it can expose misconceptions that you had. Um, but like, that's amazing, bro. That, that, that girl. Go ahead. It takes humility. No. Who gets the grace? Humble. And who does God know from afar? Proud. So it takes a little bit of humility to to stuff your pride down and realize that you don't know it all. Yeah. And I think that right there is the big difference between someone who's willing to receive and someone who's not. Humility versus pride. When I was 18, uh, I was someone who hated God. And at the same time, my political viewpoint was everything in the government is evil and they should just give us free stuff because I want free stuff. And that's, uh, they, that's they kind just, of an oxymoron there, sir. <laughs> yeah, right. Free stuff. And that was my viewpoint. They should just give me everything for free and it shouldn't, nothing should be that expensive. And then I had a boss, a boss at a job who I really respected who we would get into conversations and he would say, okay. And he would listen to what I had to say. And he would, he would ask me, he'd say, okay, you know, your paycheck stub. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, okay, well, uh, how much of that do you want to give up? I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, look at how much money is being taken out in taxes. That right now, what you're getting taken out in taxes is paying for everything that the government's doing right now. And they're taking out that much. How much more are they going to take out if everything is for free? Where is it going to come from? And I was like, huh. But see, I was willing to re I was re willing to receive this from him because I respected him. And I realized I recognized his authority over my life and the wisdom that he carried because of his age and his experience. Yeah. But if I was a proud punk and I, and I didn't want to hear it, right? I wouldn't have received that and I wouldn't have gone looking for my own self because after that, it kind of led me on a path to research for myself and read a lot of literature and, and look into a lot of things to formulate the person that I am today. But we, we 
have kind of a lack of that right now. Everyone is right. I'm right. I'm right. I am. Right. And I think right there, it, I think pride is a, is a, is a barrier to transformation. Yeah. You know, I really do. Yeah, this well, guy next to me, Vic, just talking to this guy, I told him uh, a couple weeks ago, I said, bro, knowing you has helped me to become a better person. Not yeah, just, too. yeah, not, like, not just politically, but a better person because there are opposing viewpoints and opposing histories and it's helped me to grow and become, I believe, a better version of who God intended me to be because I'm exposed to his differing viewpoints and his, his variety, right? Because Everybody, he's needs, a victor. Everybody needs a Victor Lepe in their life. Everybody does. Dude, if you don't got you a Victor Lepe in your life, get you a Victor Lepe in your life because this guy is amazing. I'm just saying. Get, get you right. one. Get you one. Stats. <laughs> Thank you. I, I just want to say to that, you are completely right. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> no I, I, I do appreciate you guys. And, I mean, I'm glad to hear that only, only because, uh, not only because, but because I've felt the same from like the being like just how I feel like anointed our relationships are, you know, like how God's crossed our paths. Like from the start, I've been just so grateful for how he's brought us together and has kept us together, you know, like, our bonds only grow stronger. So, I mean, I feel the same way hundred percent. So um, I'm very grateful for you guys and to be able, like, it was a big deal to me to be asked to be part of this. Cause you know, I know this is like, not just exclusively your thing, but this is you, this is your guys' thing, right? This you guys are passionate about. So it felt like a big deal to be invited on because it's not like you're just going to pull someone random, you know, to join. So I, I'm very honored to, to have done this and I appreciate um, you guys being willing to, to let me do it. So even we're though to have you, sir, we're honored to have you. Thank yeah, we're you. we're honored to have our Democrat friend, Democrat friend. <laughs> Democrat friend. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. Um, it's hard to to process, but <laughs> it'll it'll sink in for the rest of you. Don't worry. <laughs> well, Pastor Vinny, what do you think? Does this feel like a nice organic place to quit? A non-GMO place to quit, yes, sir. Non-GMO, no hormones or antibiotics. Uh, (laughs) Look, guys, thank you so much. If anyone is still listening, I hope there is, please email us at Show at zohomail.com. Look us up on Facebook Messenger. Shoot us a message. If you have questions, comments, concerns, you want to have a conversation, let's do it. That's what we're here for. We just want to all grow closer to Christ together. We want to talk about what's going on in our world, talk about what's going on with each other, and hopefully be better for it at the end of the day. We thank you guys for listening. God bless you. We love you. Have an amazing election week. Oh, election week. And next week, maybe we'll have a licking our wounds episode. How about that? A a, a civil war episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a good time. Listen, y'all stay safe. Be kind to one another. Have a good evening. Good-